Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be back. Um, I, uh, I was able to get away for a little bit. I've, I've spent, some of you know this, some of you have, have no idea, but I've spent um, over January, February, March, and April um, a week um, out of each one of those months spending with uh, something we call Pastors University with um, Larry Stockstill, Pastor Larry Stockstill, some of you guys that went through something we called Model Man a few years ago, um, might may remember him, and um, he's 70 years old, um, a pastor, and uh, he did a thing called 50, 50 Lessons from 50 Years in Ministry, and so I've just been kind of under that teaching over the past four months, and it has been, uh, it's just been a powerful time. And so I was just there this past week, and, uh, and we finished up uh, this this was the last module, and uh, just taking part in it. So anyway, it's been um, it's just been a powerful, powerful time of just impartation and and teaching and wisdom and, and all that kind of stuff. So hope I can apply some of that. Amen. Um, we're in a series going through. Um, well, we we call it overwhelmed. And uh, we talked about being overwhelmed by anxiety and then overwhelmed by doubts on Easter. Uh, and then Pastor Trevor talked about being overwhelmed by, by loneliness last week. And, and today, uh, I want to talk about being overwhelmed by worry. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like most people that I talk to, it, it just seems to be kind of the, the, the day that we're in right now, that people are just overwhelmed. Um, circumstances, different things that are overwhelming them. Every single one of us has the opportunity to have things that we could worry about. Amen? Um, If I'm honest, it is so easy for me to start spinning out in worry. And um, and yet the scripture that we're going to talk about in Matthew chapter 6, essentially, Jesus um, almost insensitively says, just stop it. Stop worrying. Which I wish that was... That was easy, right? Because like stop worrying is a lot like, well, just go to sleep when you have insomnia. It's like the more you think about the fact that you're not sleeping and wanting to sleep, the more you can't sleep. And so it's the same way with worry. It's like, well, just stop worrying. I I wish that was that easy. I don't want to worry, but I end up just spinning out and and continuing to to, to worry. And so if if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, as you're turning there, I, I, I just have a rational question for you to consider. And this is it. This is the question. You don't have to raise your hands, but um, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? It's a rational question. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Jesus asks this very same question in Matthew chapter 6. Now you can raise your hands for this one. Who of you have worried so much that you've probably taken an hour off of your life? Who of you by worrying has, you've worried so much that you've taken an hour off of the life of your spouse or your kids because you're driving them crazy, right? (laughs) So here's the thing. I mean, rationally speaking, if we answer just that question, like take the Bible out of this. Like you just, okay, so like worrying does does nothing to extend my life. Worrying does nothing to enhance my life. So why in the world do I worry? Like if if it does no good, why do I keep doing it? 
And some of you may be thinking, well, like Pastor Justin, you're kind of like simplifying it a bit, like, and I am, like, I get it, like, you don't know my situation, you don't know, um, you know, my marriage, my health condition, you don't have my life, you don't have my finances, you don't have my job, you don't have my background, you don't have my, my addictions, my proclivities, you don't have my kids, you don't, you don't understand, and I don't, and I don't claim to, and nor am I minimizing it, um, but I do know that God knows, and and I do know that, that he has something to say to us, to you, to me, something that can, can speak to you in the midst of your worry. And, and my prayer today is that it would breathe new life, new life and new freedom into you. So Matthew chapter 6, prepare to be offended. Please stand with me. We're going to start in verse 25, and then we'll read through verse 34. Um, Jesus is speaking to a crowd of people, and he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, or what you'll wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, here it is, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the, the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. That's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Lord Jesus, I, um, I thank you for this word. I find, it, um, I find it sobering and maddening. I find it to be a source of peace in the midst of my own storm, and I ask that you would speak to us, that you'd make it real to us, that it wouldn't just be words on a page, but that your peace that, that surpasses understanding would rest on us, that we would find rest for our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. <laughs> so, so like in a nutshell, Jesus is saying this. The things that you are most devoted to are the things that you tend to worry about. In other words, you don't worry about things that you're not devoted to. Let me illustrate this for you. Um, and I don't mean I don't mean to offend anyone, but like I have never worried about the grades that your kids are getting in school. Never. I never have. Like, because um, I've never devoted myself to making sure your kids get good grades in school. Do I care? Of course I care. I'm a human. 
Like, I care about those things, but I just want you to know, I have certainly never lost sleep over it. I haven't. Here's another thing I haven't. Um, I've never worried about your retirement. I haven't. I hope it works out. hope you can retire early and move to Boca. Like, um, I, but I have never stayed up at night worrying about your 401k. I haven't, um, I, because I've never devoted myself to making sure that you retire in a financially secure way. So none of these things are wrong. Like, you know, you're like, well, I, I'm kind of concerned about those things. Like, I'm concerned that my kid's failing sixth grade, and I, I'm, I'm concerned about my retirement and how this is going to work out and when, I'm, when all this is going to happen. Like, none of those things are wrong. None of those things are bad. What they do is they simply reflect our core devotions, the things that we're devoted to, the things that, that, that concern us individually. So my question for you to can just consider as we're talking today is like, what are the things that you're devoted to? What are the things that keep you up at night? What's the thing that you woke up at 2.30 this morning spinning out on? <laughs> what are the things that stress you out? What are the things that you fight about with your spouse? More than likely, those are the things that you're devoted to and the things that you are worried about. And so it's no coincidence that like we started in verse 25 of here. And if you've got your Bible, you can kind of just scroll just up a little bit and see that right before verse 25, Jesus, it's, it's no coincidence that, that he talks about the topic of money. You saw it. He read ahead. Verse 24, verse 24 literally says, you cannot serve both God and money. And then he goes into the whole, oh, do not worry, do not worry. Oh, just look at the birds, look at the birds, right? He's, he uses this word, you can't serve both God and money. And that word money in, in, in the Greek is actually the word mammon. It's not, it's not actually money. It's, it's better translated wealth or possessions. Or maybe just we say like things, clothes, food, drink, money, stuff, just stuff, things. All of the things that we kind of like accumulate and, and want to like, keep around us to maybe make us feel more secure. And then he goes in. As soon as he talks about money, he's like, hey, you know what? You can't serve both God and money. And then he says, verse 25, therefore, because I'm telling you, 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 don't, you can't serve both God and, God and money. Therefore, what's it there for? Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. And then Jesus asks a question that I believe gets to the very heart of worry. And he says this. He asks this question. Is not life more than food? To which we would maybe say, like, well, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, life is more than food. Is not your body, is, is, is not your clothes it's not life more than clothes. Well, yeah, yeah, I suppose. And maybe he would ask us today, because we're not like hand-to-mouth type of society, maybe he would say like, is not life more than money? Isn't life not more than comfort? Is life not more than the thing that is keeping you up at night? And this is hard. But please hear me. Jesus is not saying that the things that you worry about are not important. 
food, clothing, your body, all of those things, those are important. But they're certainly not more important than life, which is truly life, right? And so if you're not already a little bit offended or a lot of bit offended, Jesus will offend you even more because he breaks into this little artsy nature illustration in verse 26. He says, look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And so Jesus is speaking to people who are literally struggling with worry, and he's like, just look at the birds. Which, of course, if, you're, if I were to sit down and talk with you, like we went to Panera after church, and you're just like, Pastor Justin, this is the thing that I'm really worried about. This is the thing that's keeping me up. My, my marriage is imploding. Uh, my business is failing. All, whatever that thing is. And I just said to you, just look at the birds. Settle down. Did you see the birds? Oh, look at the birds. Right? It's like Jesus is like, what? I, I'm sorry, Jesus, I don't have time to look at the birds. My business is imploding. My car is broken down. My son is failing the sixth grade. My wife says she's not coming back. My mom's in the hospital. Like, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, I know that, like, you know, just look at the birds, look at the birds. I don't have time to look at the birds. And Jesus says, well, just look at them. They don't store away in the barns. They don't have 401ks. They don't seem to worry about their kids' college funds. Like they, 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 don't, they don't make their kids wear helmets everywhere they go. No, look at the birds. They build their houses way up in the tree, and when they get to a certain age, they just push them out. Bye-bye. Ah, that's a parenting model for you. They're like, look at the birds. Just look at them. And so we read this. And, and maybe for you, for some of you in here, you're, you're reading this, you're like, so well, hold on a second. What, is this saying that I don't have to get a job? Is this saying that, like, just look at the birds. Like, they don't save, they don't sow. They're, they're just, birds are lazy. No. No, that is not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying you don't have to get a job. He's not just saying, like, you know, whatever will be, will be, dude. Like, just let it go. Just, like, totally, just, like... Just relax. Everything's going to work out. That is not what Jesus is saying. Have you ever looked at birds? Because if you look at birds, birds work. Y'all sitting here right now, birds are out there working. Okay? For every stinking worm, little piece of seed they're getting, they're working their tails off. There's a reason why we have this saying, the early bird gets the what? Gets the worm. Birds work. All the time, birds work. They're always working. Now, here's my point, and I think this is Jesus' point. Birds work, but your heavenly Father is their provider. See, I think that they know something that we forget. Your heavenly Father is your provider as well. And I wonder... I wonder if much of our worry is rooted in the fact that we forget that we have a Heavenly Father who cares for us. We have a Heavenly Father who has numbered the hairs on your head. We have a Heavenly Father who alone 
numbers your days and worrying about it will not fix your balding problem. Sorry, sir. And worrying about it will not fix or add any more days to your days that are numbered. I wonder if sometimes the things that we worry about are really rooted in the fact that we've forgotten that we have a good dad who cares for us. Let's just take a moment. Just put your, put your palms up like this. Close your eyes. Lord Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you that we got a heavenly father who cares for us. Lord, may we just recognize your presence here right now. Before we move any further, may we, may we just come to that realization that we've got a good dad. A good dad who sees us. A good dad who cares for us. A good dad who's not mad at us. Who knows what we need. And Lord, may we just say before we even move forward that we trust you. I trust you not only with my day today, but every day that you've numbered. Because you've numbered them. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 34, he continues, he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Essentially, he's saying, you can do, we can do everything that we can do today in the 24 hours that are doled out to each and every single one of us every day, and then trust him to provide the rest. So that means that we fill out the applications. That means that we work hard. We do our best. We are, we're responsible. We save. We sow. We reap. But at the end of the day, realize this, that he loves you more than a bird. And that he sees you and that he knows what you need. And that he may give you the, the ability. Listen, maybe you own a business. Maybe, maybe you're a factory worker. I don't know, I don't know what, where you work or what you're employed to do. I just want you to understand God has given you the tools and the talents and the giftings to earn the money that, that you are currently making. But know that at the end of the day, that he is your provider. And it doesn't matter who signs your paycheck at the end of the week, that you have a heavenly father who is your provider. May you know what the birds know and not forget it, that he is a good dad. And then he goes on. <laughs> He's like, look at the birds, look at the birds. And then he says, and why, in verse 28, and why, why do you worry about clothes? You guys already saw my white sneakers, right? Like, why, why do you worry about clothes? Like, see how the flowers of the field grow and they do not labor or what? Isn't that interesting? I, I mean, I know it's talking about like, I don't know, like making clothes and weird stuff like that when it's talking about spin. But I, as soon as I saw that word, I thought, have you ever noticed how worry is a lot like spinning? When I was a youth pastor, um, we used to do a lot of relay races um, at like teen camp and retreats and things like that. And one of the secret weapons to make every relay race much more interesting, at least for me, was something that we call the dizzy bat. I don't know if you've ever seen the dizzy bat. It's just a bat, 
but in, in the hands of a youth pastor, um, you, can, you can make some, some epic relay races. Um, the dizzy bat's pretty simple. So if you've never done this before and, and you've never been in a relay race with a dizzy bat, let me just tell you what, what, what happens. Essentially, you take a bat and you put it on the end of your head, right like this, right on your forehead, right? And you go down like this and you just start spinning. And you just start spinning and you just... I'm not, I'm not going to do it as many times. I usually would tell... I usually would tell kids to spin at least 10 times and then run. And I'll tell you, like, it's some of the, it was some of the most joyous times of my life. Because these kids that gave me such a hard time, I'm like, 12 times for you, 20. Actually, 20 times for that kid, right? I've seen kids come off the dizzy bat and run literally sideways. Like, they're, they're going here, but they're running sideways and just nosedive headfirst right into the grass. Like, I mean, just boom. It was so funny. Um, I know. Um, yeah. The result's hilarious because they can't even walk in a straight line. They become completely disoriented. Um, and, and, and completely dizzy, and it will sometimes last for 30 seconds or so. Um, and I thought, like, it's much like spinning when we worry. It's kind of like taking a spin on the dizzy bat. Um, we take hold of a thought, and then we just start spinning. <laughs> and we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We're just going in circles and we're lit. We stand up and we do not see life clearly. And we don't, we, we feel like we're doing something, but we're just going in circles and getting nauseous. And we lose our equilibrium and we start looking like a fool, making poor decisions. And what I realized is that my dizziness depends on what I'm focused on. When you fixate your focus on your situation, it's like taking a spin on the dizzy bat, isn't it? You don't see life clearly. You say, okay, there's this thing in my life and I, it's out of my control, but I, I'm completely, uh, absolutely worried about it. And I, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to do this. And we get up. We look like a fool, we're making poor decisions, and we're absolutely lost our equilibrium, we're not seeing life clearly. Why? Because we're focused on the situation, thinking that taking a spin on the dizzy bat is going to do something, and all it does is make you dizzy, and you don't see life clearly. And, and, and here's the point, when you focus on God, you will see beyond your situation and see life more clearly. Um, it's kind of like why I like dogs more than cats. No offense. I mean, no offense to you. I, it's just true. Dogs are better. Um, the re part of the reason why I like dogs better than cats is this. When you point, you know what a dog does? It looks to where you're pointing to. It's like, oh, what, what's over there? What's over there? Do you know what you do? This is a cat for you. You know what a cat does? You're like, hey, look, cat. You know what it looks at? The end of your finger. It's like, huh? What's that? What's at the end of your finger? It's like, no, look what I'm pointing to. 
And literally, it's why I like, cats, uh, I like dogs more than cats. The point is this, this, is that God wants us to see beyond our own finger and trust him in the midst of your troubles. And when all we do is focus on our troubles and think that taking a spin on the dizzy bat is going to make any difference in the world, I just want you to understand that bats are not meant for spinning. Bats are meant for swinging. And when we make a decision to say, this is, a situ- this is a concern, this is a worry, this is the thing that is outside of my control, but I know that taking a spin on the dizzy bed and focusing on my situation, thinking that getting around and around and around is going to fix something, rather than picking this thing up, lifting my eyes up, where does my help come from? Lift up your eyes. My help comes from the Lord. And so when we lift up our eyes from our dizzy bed and realize that our help, the true help that is going to solve anything or in our lives is going to come from heaven above, all of a sudden we realize that this thing is meant for swinging rather than spinning. Amen? He wants us to see beyond. It it doesn't mean that he never promises that we won't have troubles, but he is calling us to see beyond them, and he says, I will be with you in the midst of them. Corey Ten Boom um, was quoted as saying, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within you'll be depressed. And if you look to God, you'll be at rest. Isn't that true? If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look to God, you'll be at rest. When Jesus says, don't worry, he's not saying that your concerns do not matter. He's saying, I want you to fix your focus on your heavenly father and And then you'll realize that what is within you is greater than that which can happen to you. So so take your head off of the dizzy bat. Lift up your eyes. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And stop using a bat for spinning and use it for swinging. Amen? He goes on in verse 31. He says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or, or what shall we drink? He says, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. I want you to understand, like, just look at verse 31 for verse 32. It's, it's so interesting to me that Jesus draws a correlation between our worship and our worry. He says, the, the pagans worry. That's literally what he says. The pagans run after these things. The pagans, the unbelievers run after these things. Because when you worry about that which is outside of your control, you end up becoming a practical atheist in that area of your life. He says, pagans worry, but believers worship. And so when you are faced with uncertainty, what are you filling that with? Are you filling it with worry? Or are you filling it with worship? I want to read this scripture to you. I don't have it up here. I'm just going to read it. Psalm 57. He says, this is, uh, this is David, and he's writing, he's, and he, he literally says these words in verse 6 of, of Psalm 57. He says, I, w- I was bowed down in distress. I-, I cannot help but think. I was bowed down in distress. Have you ever been so worried, so much in distress that you feel like you are literally bowed down? All you're looking at is what is right down in front of you, and you can't see anything else. He says, I was bowed down in distress, but I want you to see what David says after that. 
He says in verse 7, My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Isn't it interesting that in the midst of his worry, he corrects himself and says, No, I'm going to worship. I am going to worship. And he says, Awake my soul. Awake my soul. Awake harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. He's like, in the midst of my being bent over in distress, I tell myself, I will awake my soul. I will worship in the midst of my worry. So in the midst of your uncertainty, what are you filling it with? Worry or worship? Church, I'm here to remind you that that which God has put in you is stronger than that that may happen to you. And even in the midst of our stuff, the things of life, lift up your eyes. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Why don't you stand with me? I want you to see um, God's solution here. In verse 33, he says, but seek first, this is his solution, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, what what does it mean? What are these things? All the things that you're worried about, all the things that are going on, all the things that, that you're taking a spin in the dizzy bat with, all of these things will be given to you as well. In other words, he's like, when you clarify your priority, you will find peace in the midst of your problem. When you, when you just decide, I'm going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, I'm going to get, take my head off the dizzy bat and worship. I'm going to, to, to not fixate on my situation. I'm going to f- fix my gaze on the Lord. When you clarify your priority, you will find peace in the midst of your problem because your heavenly Father knows, church, your heavenly dad knows what you need. He knows. And he says, your responsibility, this is Jesus speaking, your responsibility is not to worship. Your responsibility, or your responsibility is not to worry. Your responsibility is to worship. It's to worship him. It really comes down to a control issue, if we're going to be really honest. Because worry gives us this false sense of control. Like I, I got, I got. I, if I if I don't worry about it, nobody's going to worry about it. And I, if I don't, if I don't, if I'm not concerned about it, then nobody's going to be concerned about it. And Jesus reminds us, your heavenly Father knows, and He sees. And God is saying, I think to each and every single one of us, do you trust me? Do, do you trust me to provide for you, or are you trying to be your own provider? It's that realization that, that God gives us talents to, to be able to make money and have a job, but, but never forget that he alone is your provider. And some of you may be thinking, like, I just, I understand that to a degree, but I just don't know if I can give that up. Like, I want you to understand, like, God gives us the best trade-in policy of your life. It's better than L.L. Bean's. He says, come to me, all who are weary 
and heavy laden. Come to me, all who are worried, and I will give you rest. And then he says, now that you're with me, he says, take my yoke upon you. I'll take your yoke. I'll take this heavy burden that you're carrying that you were never meant to carry. You, you, you take my yoke. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have a job. It means that your job is not to worry. Your job is to worship. Take my yoke upon you. For my burden is easy. My yoke is light. That we trade our worry for his peace. We trade sleeplessness and anxiety and the dizzy bat for his peace that transcends understanding, which is something that we all want, don't we? And in a day where uncertainty is around every corner, we don't know what's going to be on the news and what's going on with the new COVID strain and where are things in Ukraine and what's gas prices going to be. In the midst of uncertainty around every corner, we all need peace in our lives. And he doesn't say that the storms of life will not come beating on your door. He says, but if, if we trust him, he will give us peace in the midst of the storm. So I want to pray with you this morning as we choose today to just worship in the midst of our worry. I just want to encourage you, if you're a really good worrier, you could be a really great worshiper. All it is, is just changing your focus. It's taking your head off the dizzy bat that you've been really good at. You're like, I can do like 20 rounds on the dizzy bat, right? Like, you're like, I'm real good at dizzy bat. Okay, you may be, but I'm just telling you, you're really good at dizzy bat. You'd be really great at worshiping. It, all it is is just changing your focus from your situation and fixing your gaze on heaven to learn what the bird learned. If, we, if I look above it, if, to learn what, what the flower learned, if I stay planted, then, then my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Amen? So let me pray. Lord Jesus, I know that this is so much easier to say than to do. I know that this is, it sounds all good in the midst of a message and reading your word, but it's the hardest thing to live out. And I know that so many of us right now have many demands on us, marriage and family issues, bills that need to be paid, uncertainty about our futures. Um, I, pray, I pray right now, Lord, that you would give us courage to maybe for the first time to surrender that over to you. God, I pray for those that are in just horrible, trying circumstances right now. I pray, Lord, that you would show up in tangible ways, that they would see you working and know that you are on the scene of their life, that you are a good dad. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you, you would see every need that we currently have. You are more than enough. And so we choose right now, to take our worry and to take our, 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 our heads off of the dizzy bat and to focus on you as we worship you. So church, if you've got maybe a need, in, an area in your life where you just, you just know you need to give that over, I just want to encourage you over this, over this last song. Maybe you just kind of come up here and just come along the front and just as an act of obedience, just saying, Lord, this is too much for me and I'm transferring the burden today. I'm allowing you, I'm trading in my worry for worship my anxiety for peace, the dizzy bat for the thing that really only comes through you. So let's worship him today. 
Thank you, Jesus.